Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Welcome back, Warriors. My name is Rob Wong. And I am Scott Pagliaccio. Today, um, we're kind of just making it up as we go, but I, I want to talk a little bit about the opposite rule. And to, to explain, the opposite rule is this idea that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of life is about avoiding the negative experiences and the opposite rule is like hey when you're avoiding negative experiences that's actually a negative experience when you stop avoiding negative experiences it becomes a positive experience and i, I think and this this could be like a decent jumping off point i think for me but i want to talk about how the negative rule or the opposite rule applies to growing in your spirituality, growing as a human being, and going from that place of like depression and existential dread over to a place more like what Scott and I are experiencing lately, which sounds, I don't know, at least from what I'm hearing from Scott, it's like, it's like joyful flow. It's the ability to be just here in this moment, not hung up on the past, not anticipating what doom will come in the future, not worrying about the job, but he's so deeply immersed in this moment. That is just a good fucking time. And there's a way to create that as a baseline. So let's let's kick it off there, man. What's coming up for you? What's coming up for me is is this I, this feels really big. And it I am trying not to label my experiences good or bad, you know, negative or positive, because that immediately gives it a slant like, oh, bad, like, uh. Just, <laughs> Chain smoker, oh, I've got some yeah. bad experiences. Oh my God, that's awful, I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> I just, it's too much. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, be, be, this is, and this is what, this is the thing that's coming up for me now is this too shall pass. Like, not, you're not, I feel like if I label my experience as a certain way, then there's this, clinging to if it's good i want to hold on to that and then if it's bad i want to push it away so there's an aversion to it or there's this clinging or attachment and either one of those whether it's good or bad you know is going to create some suffering so it's what i've noticed for me is being really present and just in a state of allowing and when things are really good quote unquote i i say this to myself this too shall pass because it isn't here, none of it's here to stay. It's all here and then it's, it, you know, floats away and then it's this next thing and this next thing and this next thing. And so the less I'm attached or in a version of, the, the, the less clinging, the, the, the more flow is created because I'm not trying to stop and hold on to or push away. So it's just this flow. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, just a coming and going and it just me observing like, oh, I get to observe this. Wow, that was cool. Like I'm on a fucking ride. Oh, that was that was painful. Ouch. Oh, oh, that was nice. Yay. It's like, woo, woo. Like, yeah, you want a fucking roller coaster, man. Yeah, and I, I want to tie this to the beginning. So bringing the the opposite rule back into play here. So we can get to this place of being in flow and not being dragged down by the negative things that happens in our life. But ironically, I think, and Scott and I were talking about this before we began the recording, which is usually how this begins. Uh, it was like, hey, when I first started on this journey to become aware, right, to wake up, to become uh, awakened, uh, right, there's yes. this idea of like, well, you know, I just have to get to a place where I'm at peace with everything, right? I, I'll just be super zen and like happy. And like, if I'm happy all the time and I just sustain that all the time, then then maybe I will have arrived at enlightenment, right? And, and that's a very natural assumption. It's a natural place to kick off. But I think as, as you begin to deepen into the practice, you start seeing people, and myself included, who get stuck in this mode of like, oh shit, now I'm not positive. Fuck, I got to raise my vibe. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And they can't tolerate people who have negative vibes or whatever, or low vibes. And, and so you kind of begin to see like in this pursuit of this awakening, people get stuck trying to hang on to that positive emotion like Scott was talking about. So ironically, the way through here is 
we learn to sit with the negative emotions until they pass. So if you think about taking a poop, like <laughs> if you are constipated, <laughs> the poop stays within your system. It's just there doing its thing. And it stays indefinitely until you decide it's time for me to like get some prune juice and clean this shit out. But if you are, oh, this analogy is rapidly falling apart, dude. I apologize. Well, it's actually pretty good, man. Like I like what you just said. Like just, the poop analogy is great. And you just, drink prune juice and you get the shit out. Like literally. <laughs> it just keeps like getting more disgusting as we go. But I guess I'm committed. So let me finish this off. Right. Like, yeah, I love it. If you do not like, if you if you get regular fiber in your diet and you're pooping consistently, you you aren't in this pace where you're all like cramped up and like worried about the thing that's inside of you. Right? Like, when am I gonna poop? Instead, it's just passing when it needs to pass. And ideally, we want to get to this point with negative emotions. Makes sense to me. I, yeah, just being with it all, knowing that it it isn't none of it's here to stay. It's all here to pass, and let it pass, man. Don't block it you know, by trying to hold on to it or pushing it away. Like the human experience is feeling the full range of emotions, all of it. And, um, it doesn't feel good sometimes. Uh, and it's not always a flow state. And yeah. I think the more you can just be with what is the more flow it is because you're, you know, you're not, it's like, I guess I get if, if there was some water flowing and you stuck your hand in it and it's, you know, it stops against your hand, like just pull your hand out and it continues to flow. So it's not, Oh, I don't know. That's a shitty fucking analogy too, man. <laughs> <laughs> just, just full of them today. I thought, yeah. I thought it was pretty good though. Right? Like there, there is that aspect of like, it's like trying to lucid dream. The minute that you get excited that you're like lucid dreaming, you sort of lose it and then you crash out of the dream and you wake up and you're disappointed in yourself. There's like this weird counterintuitive need to learn how to let go, but then to not get attached to the idea of letting go. And so like for someone who's just starting out on this path, maybe they're like, hey, I need to learn to be more stoic, more unattached. I have I'm so caught up in my ex or the breakup. Or that thing that that one person said to me when I was working, I can't let it go. How how would you get them started? I, just listening to what you said, if they, I can't let it go, I would. That's the beginning, right? I can't. What what if you could? I mean, you have to, like, to let it go. You, you're going to have to think you can before it is let go of. So that, I would say start there, like. Um, you know, just being aware of your thoughts. If you continue to think I can't let go, then you won't. And you'll continue to stay stuck in that unableness of being un you're actually unwilling to let it go. You're choosing it. Recognize, I guess that's the key word for me. What's coming up for me is everything is a choice and we're choosing moment by moment by moment, whether we recognize it or not. If you choose not to let go, then you will suffer. Then you will hang on to that until it's so fucking painful. It's like sliding down a rope and you're getting rope burn on your hands. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Fucking, how do you, how do you stop that? You let go of the rope. Or if you're carrying a bag that's too heavy, how do you let go? You just release the handle from your hand. And that seems pretty easy. But I guess what I would say would be coming aware of your thoughts and you're going to have to at some point think I can, I can get over my ex. I, I choose to get over my ex and I'm going to feel this excruciating pain that's um, in my body right now and be with it and allow it to flow through me. And instead of like choosing for it to stay longer by thinking you can't, let go or you does that make sense yeah i'd actually even forgotten that was a step because i just i got so caught up in a world where everyone wasn't stuck by like limiting beliefs or learned helplessness that i just i already already moved on but but i think yeah. that's important right that, that's really important what one of the best dating coaches that i'd ever met his his big thing 
his big breakthrough was just like understanding that you can change, you can become more attractive. And when you open up your mind to the possibility of that, then you begin doing research, right? And it's the same thing here. It's like, okay, well, let's assume that I exist in a world where I can let go. I do have some agency. Well, what's next? Figure out how you can. And if you're listening right now and you're wondering, well, how the fuck do I do that? I think one of the best frameworks after you've established, you catch yourself in the moment, as Scott was saying, like, oh, I'm thinking that I can't. I'm just stuck. I have to accept things like this. Like I'll just I'll continue to live my life until the day I die in this way. Interrupt that thought. It's like, okay, well, no, that's not true. I'm in a loop right now. And that's your first cue. I'm in a loop right here. And then when you notice that you're in a loop, then you begin doing things that can turn your nervous system off from fight or flight. One of the best things that I've been practicing lately, I, I used to make people breathe in and out through their nose real fucking aggressively. It would be like, <laughs> and then they would hold their breath at the end of that and they'd be all like lightheaded and, and that shifts your emotions but it also looks fucking crazy and you can't do that in public. <laughs> yeah. You get a lot of boogers flying in and out of your nose. Yeah. That's a, that's a, like, that's a good, a good method though, for sure. I've utilized that myself, man, with like flailing my hands in the air as well, man, from my shoulders up into the sky and in and out through my nose like that. But I get what you're saying. If you're out in public, you're going to look like a fucking maniac. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're who the f people are going to be scared. Maybe <laughs> yeah. call the cops. <laughs> yeah it's gonna look mad suspicious so in order to calibrate back from that right like it, it, it's hard doing stuff that's embarrassing at first if you're just starting off on this path it's like fuck no I, i'm never doing that shit i'm never gonna even if i'm in private i'm not gonna do that shit so i got some alternative for you um what i think works just as well is just taking deep breaths so full breath in and then a full breath out and then you just do that 20 times in a row, right? Yeah. And then you stop, you let your body relax and you sink into the stillness that you've built up. Maybe you're a little lightheaded. You feel that buzzing in your fingers and in your chest. And then you do another 20 breaths. And the thing that people get stuck on is they, they feel this urgency, like they have to go and do something else. They have to figure out the answers right now. Yeah. And if you can set that aside for like the five minutes that it takes, to take those 40 breaths fully in and fully out, I guarantee at the end of that, your nervous system is going to be calmer and you won't feel attached anymore. Sometimes it's enough to get you completely out of that space. And then you just keep on doing that. How, how about you though, man? Are you finding any new practices that are useful for you? I'm loving what you're saying though, man. Cause what it's, what it's reminding me of it. It's I'm thinking about sex. Like, as you, <laughs> It's, it's not about it's not about going faster and fucking jackhammering the woman. It's about throwing way, 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 way down. So I, I, I that's what just came to be like. Uh, and I think that's a great I think that is a brilliant practice, Rob. What you're saying is you're you're in this loop and it's sped up and it's just thoughts, emotions, thoughts, emotions. And you start to feel anxious and, and overwhelmed in what I'm getting from you is that you're just like, Hey man, if you can just slow down, take some deep breaths, regulate your nerve, that, like that's simple. Like what, I don't want to make it more complicated for the listener. Like as simple as possible is to go from sped up to slow down and back in your body, out of your head, into your heart, more connected. And, and I think it is the same way about sex. When I'm getting super excited, I'm about to come like, and if, if a woman says, hey, looks me in the eye, slow down, take some deep breaths and I can breathe with her. It's like she's helping me regulate. That's what that's what it reminds me of. Like, so if I can do that for myself, I, I think that is a great first step and a great practice. I um, some I some of the other practices that I've been doing, I've been doing for a long time. It's I listen to a guided gratitude meditation which again, slows me way down, has me feeling gratitude, which has me feeling connected to my heart, to my body, you know, back into the present moment. Um, yeah, so I feel like it's kind of the same thing. I love what you were saying though, just slow down, take some deep breaths, get reconnected to yourself because ultimately it is our responsibility to regulate ourselves when we're dysregulated. And that, 
that feels like simple, easy, concise, to the point, very practical, and anybody can do it. And it feels as simple as it feels or it seems, it may be hard when you're spinning out though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think I remember a time when I was in the beginning man, it was like depression and anxiety every day. I'd wake up with existential dread. And I, I had to bargain with myself for how long I was going to meditate. And mm. and it, at first it was like, I can't, I can't do an hour. How about half an hour? No, that doesn't feel good. 20 minutes? No, 10? Still too much. And then it was like, okay, let's... I can do two minutes right now. Yeah. And I, I think you raise a really good point. Like, sometimes that's all we have capacity for two minutes right and if you can give yourself that time and feel that difference once or twice the next time it'll be easier the next time you can do five and then you'll feel even better and it's like slowly building up that momentum like how does a person move a train using just their own power well you just keep on leaning into it until it picks up speed and then after a while it doesn't take that much effort for you to do that although again not really on point with the analogies today. No one's moving trains <laughs> unless you're like in a strongman competition, right? <laughs> no, but but you do raise a good point. Like it, I, what I'm getting, what I would share with the listener, and I think what you're trying to say is, if, if, if I'm hearing you right, is don't, if you're in a state of depression and anxiety, don't, you know, don't try to go for the longest. I'm going to go for an hour. No. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? You, you, you're barely, you can barely regulate yourself right now. You're not going to go for an hour. Who are you kidding? Like, take the smallest step first, like the least amount that you can do. And when you notice the difference of how you feel from that state of dread and anxiety to feeling more connected and better just in a short period of time, then you can continue to add to your practice. Like, so it's not starting with, the most you're going to overwhelm yourself even more. Now it's like, you got to add oh fuck. I got to meditate for an hour. That's going to flip you the fuck out. So I feel like, you know, what you're saying is like, yeah, let's do the least amount to get me back to where I need to be. And then over time I can build my practice up and up and up and up. But right in that moment of despair and dread is not the, the, the time to be trying to, um, go for the marathon meditation sit like <laughs> yeah. yeah hey man hey i'm because if i'm thinking right now like if i'm just going to do two minutes of meditation yeah that feels good man like cool i can definitely do that for sure yeah and, and then it becomes a win right like hey i've done that meditation i feel a little better hey maybe i could do a little bit more maybe i could take care of this email that's been sitting in my inbox and then that momentum continues to build and build and build but like, I, I like, I like where we're going with this. Cause I think, I think in the process of waking up, it doesn't really acknowledge that it's, it's, it's in a, it's like a lifestyle change. It's not that I'm, I'm just doing meditation. It's like that I'm learning to watch my thoughts and then I'm forgiving myself when I don't like do things perfectly. It's when I catch myself off base, I do the baby step. And then I continue to build out my life. I don't have to dedicate myself to living in a monastery and eating vegetarian and all that to make progress on this thing. I just have to take the next step that I'm able to. And I, I think there's something to that, right? Like the lower stakes we can make this process, the more we aren't trying to hurl ourselves at a 20 foot wall, trying to pull walls over, um, the, the more quickly we can arrive at a place where it's like, oh, hey, it's not so bad. Like things are rolling and it feels like it's going to be okay. Yeah, man, that, that, that lands for me for sure. And there was something else you said, Rob, that really landed for me was, you know, celebrate yourself. You said, uh, you know, celebrate the win, like definitely celebrate those little wins, man. You know, acknowledge yourself for being able to regulate your nervous system, man. That's a big deal. I, I, that's one of the practices I've been doing lately is acknowledging myself when I do something that's hard that I didn't think I was able to do. One of the things I do at the gym all the time is I walk up to the mirror and I fist bump myself. I look myself in the eye like, yeah, okay. I'll give you an example. I was working out with this kid yesterday, man. And 
we changed, I wanted to change the workout to make it more challenging. So it was like, it was like, uh, we did a bench press, like a max effort bench press. And then we did, uh, a, a three quarter mile run. And then we did a three quarter mile row. Then we did, um, it called for 12 strict pull-ups, but I'm like, let's do 12 muscle-ups instead. And yeah. And, and so we did, and both of us were like, fuck man, we got, we did like two muscle-ups each and we're like, this is going to be hard. And the dude was like, let's just do six. And I'm like, yeah. And then I thought, no, let's do 12. Like, and after getting through the workout, after getting through three rounds of that, I was like, fuck man, that was really hard. And, and I got through it, not thinking that I could. So I made sure that I acknowledged myself. I was walking past the mirror. I looked at myself and I'm like, nice fucking job, dude. And I just fist bumped the mirror, looked at myself. It was like, really, I felt really grateful that I got through that. And it's the same when I, I'm, I'm going through a difficult emotional experience and I, I get through a little bit more, you know, a little bit more quickly where it doesn't, I'm not taken out for a week or three days or whatever. So I think it's really important what you said about acknowledging your wins along the way, not just being hard on yourself. Like, Oh fuck, I fucked up. You know, that inner, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, we all fuck up and that's okay. You know, we're human. We're, we're, we're allowed to fuck up and that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. And when you do, you know, do, when you do take really good care of yourself and you, you do something well, let, you know, let yourself know, celebrate, man, you know? Yeah. I mean, man, I've forgotten about that too. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, I had a friend tell me something that really helped me get out of that whole spiral of like self-loathing and anxiety, um, back in the day. And it, it was right in the beginning when I was first starting down the spiritual path. It was like, okay, I want to get to awakening. I know people that have gotten there. And I just started interviewing them all. And this friend told me that one of the most important things you can do is noticing where you've improved. And it, it has me thinking about what you're saying. Like, if you don't have room to acknowledge yourself, at least pay attention. Keep that little dialogue running in the back of your head about where am I better than I was like a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And, and so, so much of this practice is like, people talk about it like learning to walk the path, right? You find the path and then you walk it. You find the way. The Tao is the way. All of these metaphors about the path, but you also have to acknowledge like the path is also like there's no path unless you acknowledge that it's there right until you st you start taking time to notice that like oh wait hold on i have been on this trajectory i have been getting less reactive man last time i was shut down but it was like as scott was saying it wasn't a week it was like two days and that's like 300 percent faster than it normally is yeah that, that's a step forward and as you begin to see yourself taking off you'll build up more and more confidence and momentum and I, I think that's just as critical for this process as doing the work in the moment. Like, if you aren't taking a moment to acknowledge where you've gotten, then you're going to be beating yourself up for not having made any progress the entire time. And I know I was very guilty of that in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And and I think also one thing that I agree, yeah, 100%. And one other thing that's coming up for me is like having a community. And a community could just be, another human being to share this with man. Like you and I are a community of two. Like uh, I did. And I also just got off a call with a guy who's been uh, that I met in a men's group who has helped me to get some traction around like budgeting and finances, man. And he, he just reminded me of where we started and where I am today, man. And the progress that I've made in such a short period of time. And if it wasn't for this one other man, like you, you and I, or me and Antoine, like, I don't think I would have gotten as far as fast. I would have still been hiding out, you know, running my pattern. Um, so I think it's super important to add that you, you need community. You need a Sangha, you need a tribe, you need another man, whatever it is, another friend, a woman, whatever. Like I just firmly 
believe that you need community to be seen in um, and to help you along the way. You can't, I don't think it's, it's doable alone. I was, a sh- for me, I just know in my own experience, when I was trying to traverse this path by myself, it was hell, man. And it just having you in my corner, Rob, every, it's just the, um, the momentum seems exponential uh, over the course of, let's just say the last couple of years, man, just like the shifts that have occurred, just being in community with you. So I think that's really important for the listener to know that don't try to do it alone, you know, find a friend who you can, you know, uh, share this with. Yeah. I, I noticed the same thing for myself. Like, a part of my practice is that I'll meditate for an hour a day. And I, I used to, it, I don't, I still don't know how I did this. Maybe it was because I was so motivated to just stop feeling like empty. Yeah, I think it was, it was like, I'd arrived at a point where every day I woke up and it'd be like, ah, oh, fuck I'm still awake. Like I'm still here. Mm. And the, the pain of not being able to do anything about that, was this huge motivator to start meditating every day. And I used to do that by myself every single day, but I dropped off of that practice and I I probably wouldn't have picked it back up again unless, um, unless I had other people in my community that were meditating with me. And, And that's kind of the thing that's keeping me going. I do a group meditation now and I show up for everyone else because even though I've gotten to this point in my growth and development, I still have a hard time deciding to do things strictly for me. If there's someone else that I can be accountable to, they're depending on me, so I need to show up, then I'm going to show up. If it's just me, I'll never fucking meditate on my own. Are you kidding me? I'm going to I'm gonna go eat candy and have some fried food. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to meditate. So I, I think there's a lot to that whole concept. And... And if I look at how, how like, what, what is personal growth? Like, so much of this is, like, about additional perspective. And we that's why we grow from traveling, right? We, we get the perspective of what is it like to be outside of my nation, right? Or psychedelics are helpful because I get the perspective of what is it like to be outside of the perspective of my own mind and see mm. things from a different angle. But the same thing goes for people in community, right? Because they can see us in a way that we don't see ourselves. And sometimes they're so compelling to us that they can also help us see things differently about us too. And so if you can't afford to travel, if you can't afford to do psychedelics like all the time, which is a, it's a bad idea anyway, don't do it. Yeah. It'll burn out your brain. Yeah. Um, then community is a really, really good answer to all of that. I agree hundred percent, man. I, yeah, that I agree hundred percent. That's why I suggested it for sure. Like that I've been sober for fucking 20 years, man. So I'm, I'm not, I understand. And I know psychedelics are super helpful and blah, 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 but I'm not down with it for me personally, you know, whatever. Um, if it has the potential to, to have some addictive properties, man, then I, I don't want to be involved with that anymore. Um, because I have that, you know, that character trait or whatever you want to call it, um, behavior in me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just, I liked what you said, Rob, about being seen, like I'm in the frame of my life. So I, I don't have the ability to see myself in the way that others do. So they can see me in these blind spots that I have. So I like my feedback spicy. I like people to tell me because I want to grow in so I keep people in my life that tell me the truth and that share how they see me and where, when I'm fucking up or when I'm not showing up the way that I should be so I can get back in integrity with myself. And if it's I'm left to my own devices, I will be out of integrity like a motherfucker, man. I will not show up. I will. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's imperative. It's a non-negotiable for me to have awesome people in my life to call bullshit on me and hold my feet to the fire so I can grow and become a better version. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Okay, so actually this this brings up a couple of things for me that I think if you're if you're honest to God pursuing this, you the listener right now, and you're like, okay, I want to embody that laughing warrior energy, 
mm. all the time, then there there are a couple of things to pay attention to. One is one leg of this journey is just learning how to sustain that joy and that silence and inner peace within yourself, right? You want to learn how to make that flame as bulletproof as you don't shoot flames. You want to make sure that flame is as unputoutable as possible. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Even in the midst of the excruciating pain of your children not talking to you or whatever the case may be, it doesn't mean you just feel good when it feels good. Like you, you still can embody joy even through the pain, like that's still available. Right, right. And I, I want to get to that too, but I think if you're just beginning, then your mm -hmm. only objective is, hey, learn how to turn that joy and that inner peace on and see if you can get there consistently. But this is where a lot of people get stuck. And I think, Scott, you agree, because I just heard you talking about this. Where people get stuck is, fuck, there are things that are turning off that joy tap. They make me feel bad. I'm going to avoid them. I'm going to cut them out of my life. And this is where people get stunted and they're in like positive vibes only people, which is its own brand of like isolation, right? Sooner or later, everyone's going to have a bad day. And if they happen to be around you when they have a bad day, you're going to cut them out. And I was that guy for a long time. It's a really good way to make sure that you're alone and you die alone. And, you know, some people, that's okay. But for me, I want to be a part of this world. So I think that there's this additional lesson that after you after you get that joy more consistent, you then begin to learn that, oh, shit, every time that I get triggered and I bring myself back, that widens the path for me a little bit more. And it's like having another stone paved into that road. And so you begin to search out situations where you're a little bit more uncomfortable so that you can add them to your path so that you can stay in flow and joy for longer, right? And so after a while, you can begin to see those experiences as, as like, okay, this fucking sucks, but I know that if I get through this, I'm going to be more bulletproof, more unperturbable than ever before. And so there's this this interesting thing that starts to happen. And, and Scott, I'm, I'd be curious if you've been experiencing this lately as well, where it's like, I don't care if I have a negative experience because I know I got me and I'm going to turn this into being even more resilient. Um, and, and so you get this phenomenon of your life becoming flow when you're driving, when you're at work, when you're eating food, when you're watching TV or having a conversation, it's not just when you're doing yoga or going for a run. It's everything that you do. And that's like one of the first signs that you're beginning to make it. It doesn't matter what's happening to you. It can still be a delightful experience for you because you've begun to roll with the punches. And I think that's where the magic is. Yeah, man. I, I feel like that's where I'm at right now in my life. And what's coming up for me, it was like, you know, is our relationship. We talked about this many times, man. Like we stuck it out. We, we, it would have been real easy for us to just say, fuck this, this dude, this dude right here, man. Like, I don't, I'm not going to fuck. No, I, but that's what I reckon. If you can't be around other people and allow them to be exactly who they are, are and how they are, you will end up alone and by yourself and die alone because people, we all have our own, you know, unique way of being neurotic and quote unquote crazy. And that's the beauty of it, man. And if you think that if you just get away from that person, then you'll be all right. That isn't the case, man, because human beings are challenging to be around and it's easy in the beginning, but in, when you're, when you start to develop really deep connected relationships, you realize that you, instead of running from the difficult conversations or the, the person you stay there in the fire with them and you work through the differences in the conflict and learn to understand one another and work with each other and you care about one another. And I think, you know, that, that's what I'm noticing for me is like, yeah, man, I feel way more joy even in the midst of some other things that are happening in my life that are super fucking hard, but it doesn't negate that. I still feel joy in this moment. 
I feel I hold both perspectives. I feel deep, deep joy. And then there's sadness. If you ask me how I feel in this moment, Rob, being here with you now, I feel super fucking happy and joyous. And I also feel sad. And and I and it's the collective that I'm I'm holding as well. And my familial stuff, and there's just so much more going on. And it's like being with it all and in being okay with it and understanding like, yeah, this is what it means to be human. So I don't know if that was a bit of a rant or it spoke to what you were saying, but I guess our, to use as a, um, as a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of it now. Anyway, our relationship really helped me to be more joyous and more, um, happy because we worked through our conflict rather than cutting each other out of our lives when things got hard. So that just, that particular, our particular experience and relationship helped me to navigate other relationships. I'm like, man, no, this person is awesome. And this is going to come up no matter what. And I have the tools and the skills now to navigate it because Rob and I practiced it. So it just, it expanded my capacity to be with discomfort and work through it and then feel more connected in the, it would just wore this new neural pathway in my, in my brain that, Oh, this is what you do. You don't cut people out of your life. Some of them you do, you know, some people you do, and then some people you don't, and you get to discern who that is, but it's unavoidable that there's going to be conflict and, you're going to have to learn to deal with it at some point. Cause you can't just start, you can't cut everybody out of your life. Cause like you said, you'll be alone in your fucking room, depressed and ready to fucking jump off the ledge. So. Yeah. Like I think that's literally been the case for me. I could not resonate with that more. I, and I would always wonder why I was so lonely, you know, like in that back in the day, I just didn't have an awareness around it. And I feel bad for that version of me because he really genuinely didn't know. But if I look back and I take an honest look at myself back in the day, like that was 100% of the reason why I was alone and lonely. It's because when things got too intense for me inside of relationships with anyone, with friends, with family, with my girlfriend, it was my knee-jerk reaction to cut and run and I didn't call it cut and run back then. It felt like, oh, I'm just cleaning up house, right? I'm cutting these toxic people out of my life or whatever the words were back then. Yeah. Um, and it felt very justified. But then I would be out at like 1 a.m. at like Ralph's or the grocery store because nothing else was open. And I, I would go there every single day. And, and it took me months, years of doing that to realize that I was just looking for a little spark of real human connection because I missed that because I was so busy weeding it out of my life because I was so triggered that I didn't mm. have it. And so it's just something to watch, something to be aware of. I think there's a lot to unpack here in this space, but I, I really like where you went with it. I think. Yeah, too, I just want, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. Well, there's, there's this other notion too, and I'm just remembering it right now because you mentioned like, hey, I feel happy that I'm here with you and I feel sadness. And what I'm making that mean, and let me know if this is off base, Scott, is that Scott doesn't feel a particular way about the sadness. It's there. He's not like desperately trying to fix it. And I know at a certain point, he'll probably stop and address it. And... And here's the thing, right? How did Scott get to that place? Well, you learn to get to that place by getting very, very good at dealing with the emotions that take you out. So Scott's good at dealing with sadness. He's not concerned about it because his system knows and he logically knows I can deal with this. I can be in and out of this state for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, however long it takes me. I know I'm going to get through this. I've seen the light enough times that I know that's a fact. So I'm not worried about it. At a certain point, your practice will allow you to be that way with all emotions. All of them. 
And I want you to stop. If you're listening right now, stop and imagine what kind of power and agency that gives you in your own life. When no one can get under your skin, when any emotion that arises within you or your partner is fine. It doesn't matter. You can be that person that's there for them to go through whatever they're going through. And, and I, I just recently had this experience where I got into a fight with a new friend had an argument. It was all strung out. She was like in PTSD flashbacks. Mm. And then I helped her get out of that space. Like I just walked her through some breathing, a little bit of meditation. And then she was like, what the hell? Like, I feel like myself again. And then what came afterwards was like, thank you so much. No one's ever done this for me before. Mm. And I, I bring that up because once you master this skill set, you get to be that person for whoever you want. People don't get this experience often, right? Like, I I think maybe once or twice in your lifetime, you'll run into someone who really genuinely knows how to help you when things feel like they're at their darkest. And when you master this, or when you even begin to get proficient at this, you become a completely different kind of human being to everyone else. I guess that's what I had to say there. No, that's... That's really beautiful, man, because I'm hearing, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting back to your conversation earlier and who you used to be and how you like felt bad for the version of you who would just cut somebody like that out of your life. Now you're able to help the man that you are now, like, look at, look at where you were then and who you are now, because of what you went through, you are now able to be with difficult emotion your own difficult emotions and not only that you're able to help someone who back then you would have cut out of your life and that's a big fucking deal man so that just speaks volumes about you rob as far as your growth is concerned in the moment and what a what a huge profound difference it is from that guy to this guy and i just want to acknowledge you for that like man, like, let's not brush past that too quickly. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause there are, there are not a lot of people in the world that have the capacity to hold space for others that have done this kind of work. So if you want to be like Rob and be the type of person people can come to and trust when they're having a difficult time, then I would rewind that part. It rewind this whole fucking interview, man. And this whole podcast and listen to it multiple times because this is a big deal. What we're talking about here, this is, this is deep connection with ourselves and with other human beings. And that's what it seemed like you were longing for back in the day. And now you have that in your life now, which I imagine then speaks also or lends into this feeling of flow. Like, man, like it's all tied in. It's all one thing. Like, it, it, and it's a big deal. It really is, man, because I think we need more people like Rob in the world that are able to help others because they've helped themselves. Like, Rob, you were on the brink of suicide. And here you are now, like, helping other people that are maybe in the same shoes you were back then. Like, I just think that it's super important that we work with, we learn to work with ourselves and our emotions and get to this point that we are now and that you are now. Damn, man. Really, I'm really grateful for that reflection. I hadn't, yeah. I don't tend to think of myself that way. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. That makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it's a big deal, man. I see you like, you know, you, that's what you do for me. Like that, this is the kind of relationships I want to have, man. The conversations I want to have with my friends, like, um, nourishing, fulfilling, um, deep, uh, profound, life-changing, you know, uh, relationships and conversations. So I'm imagining the listener also wants these types of relationships and interactions, and they want to feel this way for themselves. So we weren't always in this place of being able to be, you know, a, a space for others to feel held and it wasn't until we started doing this work. So this is this ship, you know, the stuff we're talking about is fucking valuable. It's important, man. And, 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 uh, yeah, just, 
man, I'll just leave it there, man. I'm just really grateful to, to have you as a friend and a brother and an ally and a mentor. Like, I don't think I could have gotten to this place where I am now feeling the way that I do without your guidance and help. And that also speaks to having a fucking community. And it could be one person, but you can't, you got to have at least one other person for sure. Can't do it alone. There's no way. I've tried. Same, same here. That was my <laughs> insistent way through the world. Try to do it alone without help. And yeah, I mean, looks good on paper. In actuality, it kind of just sucks. And thanks for seeing me there, man. You're welcome, man. Yeah, 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 absolutely. For sure. And I think um, on that note, I guess, I, I do also want to acknowledge, like, I think when I look back, I was the person farthest from this whole awakening thing that I could imagine. I'm no fucking Dalai Lama. I'm not a Zen <laughs> monk. I had this concept of myself and who I wanted to be in the world. And then when I looked back at my relationships, I noticed that I wasn't capable of holding myself to that standard because stuff kept on coming up. I kept on getting reactive. And I looked and I saw how deeply out of integrity I was with myself and I was just so disappointed in me, man. Like it was, it was, it hurt seeing that I was so far off the mark from the man that I wanted to be. And if you're listening right now and you're suffering from that, then I wanted to reassure you that this work that we're talking about right now, that's how you start traversing that path again. That's how you get back into alignment with who you are your ability to sit with the discomfort, to embrace it, let it flow through you and disappear. Your ability to witness yourself in the hardest moments that life has to throw in your face and seeing that you weather them anyway, seeing that you emerge on the other side and you're like glorious, victorious and joyful despite what's occurred, more whole and complete than you ever were. Maybe you're stronger, maybe you're wiser, but your ability to engage in that process is everything. It's critical and it will help shape you into the person that you want to become. Amen. Amen. I'm just noticing as you're saying that, like that really speaks to my experience in right in this moment. Like I, I lately I felt this deepening into exactly what you're saying. Like I'm looking back into the past and seeing who I was and what I've gone through and who I am now. And I'm like, you're a fucking badass, dude. Like you've gone through some shit and you've come out the other side, man. And I, just acknowledging myself for being able to do that. And, I, and again, I didn't do it alone, but this path is, is worth it. And I did want to be like the Dalai Lama and like Suzuki Roshi, like those Jesus Christ. Like I looked at those guys and I'm like, man, they've been through some fucking shit man and like how did they do it like i look to them as mentors i'm like my well i got divorced and my kids don't talk to me sometimes and this dude's getting nailed to a fucking cross and like all kinds of crazy i mean i'm looking at some of these people in history you know martin luther king um uh nelson mandela you know all of these fucking iconic figures and this speaks to what we were saying before we hit record about standing on the shoulders of giants, man. When I was going through the deepest, darkest, difficult times in my life, I looked to these men and women for guidance, man. I was reading the Tao Te Ching. I was reading the Bhagavad Gita. I was reading the Bible. I was looking at all these men and women who had gone through shit. And I'm like, they must know something, man. And they've been through way worse shit than I did. I want to figure out these practices on how I can become a better human being. And, you know, they were definitely pointing the way it wasn't about religion. It was about going inward into myself to, to transform myself so I could be better for the world. And I'm like looking at a guy who's getting nailed to a cross and there's, you know, he's not like, Oh, fuck you guys. You guys suck for doing this to me. He was like, he's forgiving them, you know? And so I'm thinking of, you know, um, I, I was thinking about that's, 
heroic, man. That's courageous. That's not, here's a man who's not complaining, but he's not thinking about himself and he's actually forgiving the, the people who are performing the most heinous act another human being could do to a human being. And that's murder them. And instead, instead of being pissed off and, you know, judging them, he's like, nah, man, if they knew what they were doing, if they knew who they were and what they were doing, they wouldn't be doing this, man. They were unaware. I'm aware. I've been gifted with this awareness. And so what do I do? I don't create more suffering. I create more freedom. I create more love. I create more joy by forgiveness, by for being patient. And yeah, that was a little bit of a rant, but um, this journey that we're on of self-awareness and um, being less reactive and creating less suffering in the world is, is a joyous one, man. And it isn't without discomfort and suffering and pain. It is in the face of that and being able to be with it and transmute it into that flow state, that joy, that love, that um, connectedness, uh, because you can't escape it. And I, I see people, me, one of them, trying to escape, and it's all these addictive behaviors, whether it be pornography, alcohol, drugs. I've had, you know, I've had all of them, shopping. So I'll just leave it there, man. Yeah, that's killer, dude. And I can't also help but think, like, we are fortunate that so many other humans before us have laid down this path. It, I can't imagine not having a point of reference and trying to navigate all of this without any like North Star or like landmarks pointing me in the way of this joyous flow. Like we're lucky that there's so much material out there and not all of it's going to resonate. Like I, I, I think I found my particular way. I'm quite attached to it, but... Mm. I think I'm beginning to get wise enough to the idea that like not everyone is going to do well meditating every day. And sometimes people find their flow through running or mm-hmm. eating fucking hot dogs or taking <laughs> a big ass smoothie to the dome, you know, like you do chanting, you work out like a beast and we, it's just a matter of finding the one path that resonates the most with you. When you have it, don't stop practicing it. You'll find your way. Peace. Yeah. Well, I guess that's all the time that we have. So if you got something out of it, uh, this particular podcast, be sure to leave us a review, leave a comment, let us know what you think. I think there's a poll attached to each of these, letting us know how we did. So if you have something that you have a burning question or desire about, send it to us. I think that's it. You got anything? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would just say, yeah, give us feedback. Like, does it good or bad? That's how we grow. So if you like the episode, if you didn't like it, it leave leave us. We can handle it. Rob and I Rob and I have cultivated the capacity to be able to handle your negative feedback. So bring it, man. We're open to it. We we got the skills, baby. Yeah. And it, and if you get some benefits, share it with someone. Pass it along, pay it forward. That's it. That's all. Yeah. I think with that I'm out. Oh. Oh.